Hey everyone, it's Michelle. And Brayden. And this is Spooky Shit. So this week we are the most niche subject of all. We're talking about presidential haunts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I will start by talking of the haunting of Mount Vernon. And I'm going to be talking about the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Hell yeah. Warning. This episode may contain graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. All right. So, yeah, super niche topic. This wasn't the original theme, but it just so happened that we both chose ghost things that are around the president. So we're like, hey, shit, let's just do this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And why not? It'll be interesting. But uh, first things first, how are you doing? I'm good. Very good. Everyone um, should see him right now. He got his haircut and he pointed out he's wearing a green shirt, so he looks like a marine. I do because <laughs> of my haircut. It's like a very, very mariney. Yeah, it's very. They call it a high and tight. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like a high fade, and then my hair is kind of short on top, but it's kind of like a comb over. Yep. Um. But yeah, I got it today. Classmate did good. it. Your yeah. Learning well. Yeah. <laughs> There's still so because my hair is kind of short on top still, but I want to mm-hmm. grow it out. So that's why I like did the comb over. But like you could tell it's short because like there's some hairs that won't go down. <laughs> I see. There's some hairs just sticking yeah, up. <laughs> they're just sticking up. They're like. And when, Hello. when we say comb over, we don't mean like weird comb over. Like it's like, a normal, <laughs> like just combed hair. <laughs> yeah. I'm not balding or anything. <laughs> <laughs> not it not that kind of weird. comb over. <laughs> yeah. I was imagining like greasy and like very 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it looks um, good. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's been nice. I've been getting a haircut like every week. That's fucking dope. That's I should so, go to barber school for this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like everyone's always like cutting each other's hair. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, also, oh sorry, I have not. Okay. Well, because I haven't even learned how to cut. That's. I was wondering if they'd already learned. I was like, damn, you guys are like first no. day. You're like, let me cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have. They've been through like the cut and shave oh, class. Okay. I have not. I'm kind of just in limbo right now because I was able to change my schedule to a.m. Oh yeah. At, so yeah, I was able to do that. I don't know that, if we talked so about now... this in the podcast, did we? We talked about before. We, we talked about when we weren't I... recording. I think. And I remember I said I was. I wouldn't talk about it until it was final. Yes, it's final. It's final. But basically what had happened is Costco, you know, I was seasoned on. They basically told me, we want you to stay, but we want you to work evenings. And I was like, well, I go to school evenings. And they were like, well, you know. Too bad. Basically, they were (laughs) like, well, too bad. If you want to stay, you have to work evenings. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And so I basically talked to student services and was able to switch to AM. So yeah, now I go to school in the AM and then um, work at Costco in the evening. What time do you work at Costco normally? Like, how late do you have to stay? Till like eleven. Oh, because okay. I'm I'm part time right now. Mm-hmm. Until I like either sign a posting or whatever. But yeah, so it's just five hour shifts. Oh, nice. Okay, and eleven's not too bad when before you were working till eleven AM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and i mean it kind of works out because now i will graduate this year hopefully <gasps> like as long as i complete 
all my hours for school basically sick. um i could graduate this year instead of early next year that's exciting so that's awesome what else there was something else are you still um, just learning like hygienic stuff or when are you gonna start learning hair things oh like, that's pet- what i was gonna talk about oh, <laughs> wow okay well because right now am and pm they're like on it's basically different rotations mm-hmm. and so you go through like the first rotation where it's basically introduction just more of like sanitizing like basic stuff basically okay. like the anatomy just kind of like yeah introduction to everything and then and then you go on to the cut and shave part where you learn to cut and shave Sick. and then you go to color and then after that well it depends on like what you're going for like cosmetology or barber mm-hmm. but for me that's what i have to do basically but basically the rotations are different for am and pm oh. so for PM, I would have been starting the cut and shave if I would have stayed. But since I switched to the AM, they had like just finished a rotation of cut and shave. Mm-hmm. So I have to wait for the next one, basically. How long is that going to be? I think they said in March. So that's not oh, that not bad. too long. Just a few weeks. Yeah. But yeah. yeah you going to need some models for free haircuts? Eventually, yes. Hit me up. You can hit Robert, too. <laughs> he cuts his own hair now. Oh yeah, yeah. He was not happy with his last cut, so I think it looks fine. But I don't know anything about hair, so I mean, the only (laughs) thing I will warn you about when it comes to that is that it will take a long time because I will make sure you know it looks good. (laughs) You just get shorter and shorter because it's fucked up. We're eventually just bald, both leaving. No, I wouldn't do that to you. (laughs) I wouldn't do that to you. I would. Well, because, I mean, the professor or our teacher, educator, whatever you want to call him, (laughs) he's there and just kind of like, you know, you can call him over and be like, oh, yo, like, what do I do? Yeah, basically. Um, Like one of the students cut a client's hair today and it took him like three hours. Ooh, I would do this free. (laughs) Wait, are you going to, you're going to cut any gender's hair, right? Or are you just doing like men's hair? I I think I could do any gender. I was like, if it's a because, trim, that's the same, right? Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what they that's basically what they told us that the main difference between a barber and a cosmetologist is basically that barbers are basically licensed to work with like a like a straight razor. This is like razors. Yeah, basically that's that's it. Damn. And basically, like, uh, with clippers as well. Yeah, no, that was probably a dumb question on my part. I'm like, men have no, long it's not hair, dumb. women have short hair. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. there's only one way for each. No, <laughs> but that's basically what our educator told us, too. He's like, once you learn the cut and shave, it's literally, like, you can cut any style of hair. Yeah, like, yeah. long or short, like, male or female. Dope. And I was like, that's cool, because, like, I'll be a licensed barber, but I could still cut, like, female's hair. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I could go to you. You could do designs in my undercut. Yeah. And just put definitely. your name on it. Sign it. Your signature. <laughs> That'll be your thing. It'll grow back in a few days. <laughs> but, yeah, that's... I'm looking forward to that part. And that's one of sick. the students... Well, because most of the students, um, I guess, in my class are 
they're ahead of me, obviously. They've been mm-hmm. through most of the rotations and stuff. They're, they're just on, like, the practicing part or, like, actually taking clients. And one of them Crazy. is one of them is literally, like, we were talking. He actually is the one that cut my hair today. Mm-hmm. He's literally, like, old enough to be my dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I asked him how old he was, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm... I don't I don't know if I should blast him. But I was like, oh dude. Older I was, old enough to be your dad. <laughs> yeah, old enough to be my dad. I was like, you you're literally just like a few years younger than my mom. And he was like, oh shit. So he's like, I mean, I'm old enough to be your dad. Too. Yeah, she is. But he's cool because I don't know, he's a really cool dude. He was just saying how basically if I wanted, he would take me under his wing and like show me. He's like, oh. I'm not an, Yeah, he was like, I'm not an expert, but I could show you what I know and you have so a you little... can learn father figure at school now <laughs> basically <laughs> it's really cool That's um but yeah i recently was like curious to see or hear the difference in my voice and so i listened to the beginning of like a really <laughs> old ass episode back when <laughs> leah was here oh god and very vintage yeah everyone's like who the fuck's leah <laughs> here too. there used to be three of us <laughs> But yeah, I listened to like just the beginning where we're like, oh, hey, it's, you know, Amber it's blah, and me. Blah, blah. Yeah. And then I played like the clip of a newer episode. And I was <laughs> like, oh, shit. Like, that sounds like a completely different I person. I do that too. Because I'm noticing it week by week. But if I listened to hell old episodes, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally listened to like part of like when I'm talking. And I was like, dude, my voice sounded so high. <laughs> and now it's like. It's, I wouldn't say it's like deep, but deep. It's, <laughs> but it's it certainly is a lot deeper than it yeah, was. Like definitely. hella deeper. It's cool though. It's cool Sweet. to see that. It's only been like uh, a little over three months, right? Yeah, on Sunday it's gonna be four months. That's like nothing. And, and so you know what's crazy? So was it a few days ago? Alaris took me to buy some new shoes. Mm-hmm. And my feet grew. Oh, that actually sucks because now you're going to buy new shoes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's because like I've been because we we share shoes. I mean, my foot was always like a little bit bigger than hers, but like Mm -hmm. I fit in her shoes. You just squished in to make it work. (laughs) Basically. I mean, (laughs) they didn't like hurt or nothing. Like I fit in them, but they they probably weren't the most comfortable. (laughs) No. Yeah. They weren't the most comfortable because I like to like size up a little. So I have more wiggle room. You've literally just been wearing shoes for years that don't even fit you. Sure yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got some new like shoes and because I was wearing some like old Vans. I think they were a size eight. Okay. And like they did feel they they felt tight on my feet, and I was like, dude, like I think I need new shoes. Like, oh my gosh. And yeah, I got some new Vans, and they're a size. Oh, it was eight in female. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a 10 in men's. No. That's backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, a 6 A 6. A 6 in men's. Okay. And, yeah, I got my new shoes, and they're a size 9 in men's. 9 in men's? Yeah. The fuck? That's a big jump. It was a bit. Well, I mean, I was a size 7 in men's. But still, yeah, like two sizes. No, two sizes is a lot. Bro, have you just been like the most uncomfortable feet for the past few months? And you no. You just didn't care? 
I mean, you're I like, guess. I wanted 17 sizes. I've been in a lot of pain lately. No. <laughs> Which I just think is like bizarre because it's only literally been like four months. At what point does it stop affecting you? Because I was thinking about your voice getting deeper and I was like, it just never stops. Your voice gets deeper and deeper and deeper forever. <laughs> I don't think like your deeper, feet never well, stop growing. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I, I really don't. But like a year. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I recently weighed myself. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that I lost 15 pounds. Jesus Christ. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? I would have expected the opposite. I would have expected, like, gaining more. Because, like, your feet and hands are getting bigger. I don't know. Like, those are five pounds each. I don't fucking know what I thought. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. (laughs) My body's all fucked. (laughs) I know. Puberty, truly. A growing boy. Yeah, I was, like, shook. Well, because, like, everyone's been telling me I look thinner. And I was like, nah, Mm -hmm. y'all capping. But, I mean, I have noticed that, like, some of my pants, like, they don't really fit around like i mean they go around they fit but like i mean they fit not well not well like they would oh, you said keep you sliding to use a belt more now, yeah right? i yeah. had to use a belt now and then like also when I, with the belt i like went like one or two holes like more than Damn. i usually would so i was like that's kind of when i was like okay maybe i am losing weight but like i don't really like feel like it because i'm not doing anything Actively, I only like, ever see I'm you not... from like the shoulders up, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> True, but like I'm not dieting or exercising, so that's why I was kind of like, nah, y'all, y'all capping. <laughs> it's that lady weight leaving your body for good. I guess. <laughs> Whatever but, the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, I weighed myself and I'm like 15 pounds lighter, and I was like, I literally was like shook. I was like, holy shit! You're like, am I sick? <laughs> I know, like Loki. <laughs> But I think it's because, well, they do say that men can lose weight faster than women. Yeah. I don't know why, but. I don't either. It's that lady weight, like I said. I guess. Whatever lady weight means, that's it. But I think it had a lot to do with, like, at work, just how physical it was. And then also how. Oh, yeah, you basically are exercising at work. (laughs) I was. Well, not anymore, because what I'm doing now, I'm just folding clothes. I'm not. It's less physical. (laughs) Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I think it had a lot with that. And then also how I wasn't really eating. I was like sleeping more. <laughs> okay. So your body was just fucked. Yeah. You basically were sick. Basically. <laughs> but I'm sure the tea did have something to do with it as well. I think so. Because it mm-hmm. definitely redistributed. Yeah. It's going to be exciting whenever I see you in real life for the first time. Whenever the fuck that'll be. I have no plans for it. You never come down here. I never go up there. I know. Eventually, I was like, I'll see you probably. Maybe. I was actually thinking about that today. I was like, I still have her Christmas present, and I haven't taken it. Bruh, I've asked about it a couple of times. I'm like, did oh, she yeah? like give you my present yet? And he's like, what? You? And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I want my gift. <laughs> like, you want me to open it and show you? No, I want to wait. I'm not. I I always get frustrated and feel like people are lying when they're like, oh my gosh, like. I don't need a gift. You already got it. Just take it back. I don't need it. I'm like, I like gifts. I'm not going to lie. Like, getting gifts is fun. You don't have it to, is. obviously. But if you got it, I'm not going to be like, overturn it. I'm going to be like, yeah. give me my gift. Oh, <laughs> also, I just remembered. Alaris finally started watching Avatar. 
<gasps> the last airbender yeah hey and i'm like, like super happy yeah hell yeah she's so far a <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we'll see but yeah i was like super excited that's dope that's the biggest news of this entire series i feel <laughs> like you coming Me? out nah <laughs> Harris <laughs> watching Avatar. That's it. It's it happened. It finally happened. It is very exciting. You guys all need to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's fucking dope. Mm. But uh, yeah, enough about me. How are you? Oh boy, busy. Weirdly, doing what? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's look at my planner. What have I even been doing, bro? My schedule is so weird. Because, like, Wednesday, for example, I was like, oh, all I want to do today is record and edit Boon Babe and do Duolingo and then stream at 8 o'clock. And I couldn't even finish editing. And I'm like, what was I doing all day? Like, I truly don't know what I do with my time. <laughs> it's just fucking weird. But also, Duolingo, I'm trying to learn Dutch for fun. Duolingo's fucking fun. Cool. Well, and also, you never Duolingo? <laughs> No. It's like a little owl on this website and you learn other languages. That's cool. It Do teaches, you have to pay yeah, for it? It's free. They have like a pro what? version you could pay more that you can like skip lessons, but I'm like, I actually really don't want to skip lessons. I want to learn everything. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And I realized like while talking to people in the stream the other week that I'm probably the only person in the world that's not at least bilingual. So <laughs> to working on it. <laughs> Bro, I was like, I was like, does anyone else speak other languages? People would be like, oh yeah, I speak four. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Like, Damn. why did I learn other languages? I barely know two. I know. Someone was like, I thought everyone in America knew Spanish. And I'm like, bro, no. I was like, I didn't even have the option to learn it till I was in high school. Damn. And who's going to learn how to speak it at like 14? I should have been taught it from like a child. Yeah. Like my four. sister. I think I've talked about her before, but she, I don't know how well she can speak it, but she understands Farsi and Spanish and oh, English. Oh, yeah, you have mentioned that. Bruh, oh, I'm so behind. <laughs> and I'm choosing the most niche language in case I move to the Netherlands someday, where everyone knows English too. I still would want to know it. <laughs> I know, I should just learn Spanish right now. I'd learned the little amount of Spanish I know is actually from Duolingo. I was trying to learn Spanish when I first moved to San Diego, but then it started to get really hard, so I quit. No, yeah, Spanish is really hard. Any even language? As, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, even as a, like, Mexican, and, like, our native language is Spanish, it's yeah. it's very hard to understand. It's just, like, it confuses me because the order of words isn't the same. Mm. Any language where the order of the words isn't the same trips me out. <laughs> Dutch well, yeah, so far cause... has been the same order, which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's easier that way, but yeah, mm -hmm. Spanish, it's like all flip-flopped and shit. and Flip-flopped all over, and you're like, this means that. And I'm like, how? Yeah, and it's like completely <laughs> different. Yeah. Literally. I'm glad I know at least a little bit. I remember whenever I used to work in retail, because I lived in Escondido, and a lot of people in Escondido, at least that frequented our store, spoke only Spanish. And uh, I had coworkers who tried to like teach me the return policy in Spanish, but I was always too embarrassed to ever say it. So we would we would do the, my favorite interaction in the world. It was always hilarious where I'd talk in English and they'd talk in Spanish and we'd all just nod and smile at each other and be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they'd be like, 
C, C, C. And I'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I <laughs> no, have no yeah. idea. <laughs> In Escondido, I do feel like it's a very big Latino community. Yeah. That's lot. why I was like, I need to learn. But then I quit when things get hard. Now it just turned into an emo thing. <laughs> <laughs> it got difficult and I stopped. Damn. But yeah, other than that, I've been streaming a lot. I our stream was like popping before and we were like at nine average viewers and then it fucking went downhill for like a good two weeks and some days we were only at like four viewers. Yeah. One day Robert streamed, but it, to be fair, he was streaming a game that's new and like literally millions of people are playing it. So oh. uh, ever they'd be watching other people's streams, but the average is one point nine viewers. <laughs> Damn. And that was wild. But the other day I streamed and the average was thirteen, which is fucking nutty. Oh wow. That's yeah. good though. I hate that I care so much about the average viewer thing. Because then whenever it goes down, I'm like, it's all my fault. You're like, no. I know. I saw, I don't consider this like art or anything, but this tweet reminded me of it. It was like by an artist and they were like, being an artist is so bittersweet because you get to do like what you love and you're passionate about for a living. But then on the other hand, people could not like what you're passionate about and love doing and you won't get any money if they don't like it. And I'm like, Oh God, that's how I feel about streaming. People oh, like damn. don't watch. And I'm like, everyone hates me. I have that's... the worst personality. Damn. That's so true. I never thought of that. Yeah. It's intense. <laughs> and in reality, it's just people have lives and they can't stop by the stream every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I take it as a personal attack naturally. You're like, wow, rude. Wow, you're out to get me. <laughs> <laughs> so streaming for Valentine's Day, we went and got buy one, get one free milkshakes. That was cool. Oh, nice. Where at? Plant Power. Would check okay. it out if you're in Southern California. They're in San Diego, Riverside, Long Beach. Why do I sound like a fucking advertisement for them? <laughs> they around. They're good. But their milkshakes are expensive as shit. So if they have a buy one, get one free, you better take advantage. Like That's $7 cool. a milkshake. What did you do for Valentine's Day? We actually did not celebrate on actual Valentine's Day because... Work in school and stuff? Yeah. I had <laughs> school. Yeah, and, bad day for a holiday. And work. And then... So yeah, we just decided to do it on Tuesday. and We went out for brunch down in Hillcrest. Hey. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Cocina del Barrio. I have not I can't heard roll of this. my R's. Um, it was pretty I. good. This is Mexican food. Um, Thanks. It's fancy, but it was pretty good. Ooh. She had a bottomless mimosas, and they had like different oh, flavors. Oh, that's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, they had like mango and like basic orange, cranberry, um, Jamaica, and tamarindo. I think. Nice. But yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I don't drink, but I would just like a bottomless different <laughs> juices. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. And then, yeah, we just like decided our treat ourselves. And she took me to Le Mans and I bought some new Vans and Converse. Oh, that's when you got your shoes. Yeah. Sick. That but sounds yeah. like a good day. Yeah. Nice. We've, we've been treating ourselves a little more lately. Now that you're working like more. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous. I bought myself some new pants and stuff too. Ooh, fancy. And yeah, you are literally growing into yeah. like a new body basically. Basically. 
like a caterpillar into a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> a metamorphosis. True. Wait, I think I'm literally stealing the speech of a trans guy on Survivor. Never mind. Stop. I'm stealing his speech. <laughs> oh. Did, have you seen that clip? Of the mm. guy who got outed on Survivor? Yeah, and then they voted out the guy that outed him. It was actually so fucking sick. Yeah, he was an asshole. He, the trans dude told him in confidence and he outed him during a tribal session. And then even the host, Jeff Probst, was like, I don't even think we need a vote. I think we all know what's going to happen. And then they just had him leave. Yeah. It was, was extra like, fucked, up. fucked up. He was a gay man too. And I'm like, I feel like you better than anyone would understand. You don't just out people. Well, that's the thing. I feel like there is some like inner transphobia, even homophobia oh, yeah. in the gay community. Definitely. Which is like, like crazy. Everyone knock that shit off. We're supposed to be together, motherfuckers. <laughs> anyway. LGBTQ community, be nicer if you're not nice. <laughs> That'll get them. Or we don't want you. <laughs> or we don't want you. Lesson learned. Everyone's just like, oh my God, you just changed my life, Michelle Braden. They had an epiphany. <laughs> yeah, that was an epiphany. You're welcome. Metamorphosis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Should we get into these stories now? Nah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. We should. I. I did not look into this at all, but much like every other historical figure, there was an entire section of Wikipedia about, was Abraham Lincoln gay or bi? And I'm like, let's be real, guys. They were all bi. Doesn't matter, though. You True. wouldn't believe me. They're like, <laughs> no. They just like to sleep in the same bed. And with men. And I'm like, okay. And women. And they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I didn't write about any of that because I was... I was honestly rushing to do my research today. I finished like an hour before you texted me. Damn. <laughs> I was trying to do it yesterday and I like, I read a lot yesterday. So I did technically research. I just didn't write any of it down because I was feeling so fucking lazy. And today I was like zooming through it, just killing it. Research, ready. Yep, I'm ready to go. I'm killing it right <laughs> now. Oh, I'm going to do good stream tonight. Good stream. <laughs> I talk really well. <laughs> All right, okay. let's get it. Mount Vernon is an American landmark and former plantation of George Washington, the first president of the United States. The estate is on the banks of the Potomac River in Fairfax County, Virginia. It is located south of Washington, D.C. and Alexandria, Virginia. It is also across the river from Prince George's County, Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> I've never been to the East Coast, so I didn't even know all these things were that close together when you're talking. I was like, what the fuck? Me either. I've never been to these. Well, just kidding. I went to Florida. <laughs> That's like Southeast. It's still the East. More East than I've been. Fair. True. What's the most East you've been? The most East? Boy, not very. <laughs> What, Texas? like Arizona? <laughs> no, I've been to Texas, which is probably technically more east. I don't know. Texas is huge. I'd have to look at a map. Like I said, you guys, geography is not my forte. <laughs> Someone on stream the other day was asking me what the biggest country was, and I did not. I ended up guessing correctly. Do you know what it is? No. Bro, it's Russia. And they were like making fun of me because I was like, I feel like it's Russia or like 
it's not the U.S., is it? And everyone in the chat was like, oh, my God. And I'm okay. like, I, why are you making fun of me? I don't I, fucking know. I definitely know it's not the U.S., but I it's didn't not. know. The U.S. is like fifth or some shit. Yeah. I also it's forgot like, how small. huge Canada is. <laughs> I I looked up after and it was like Russia and China and Canada. And I was like, ah, yes. I don't know. And then it would be Africa before us, right? Africa's a continent, Brayden. Oh, you're right. <laughs> See? I don't even know my continents or it's my countries. Collective. It's Australia <laughs> is a continent and a country. Oh, that's confusing. Anyway. <laughs> Never mind. Fuck geography. Let's go back to the story. Cuts out. <laughs> All my friends hate geography. <laughs> uh. The Washington family acquired land in the area in 1674. Around 1734, the family embarked on an expansion of its estate that continued under George Washington, who began leasing the estate in 1954 before becoming its sole owner in 1761. You said 1954 for George Washington. Yeah, 1754? Yeah, 1754. (laughs) I mean, you all can guess. (laughs) (laughs) It was not 1954. (laughs) Or 54. Whoops. The mansion was built of wood in a loose Paladinian style. But yeah, the original house was, well, it wasn't built by him, but like he basically oversaw it, um, was Augustine Washington, which was obviously George's father. No, it wasn't. I didn't know his dad's name. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I didn't either. History is just like geography. (laughs) Fuck it. I don't know shit, apparently. I don't know shit either. I don't know. I I just memorized stuff to pass. (laughs) I didn't even do that. I was in homeschool and high school. I just Googled everything and graduated early. And was like, I'm not going to college. (laughs) Damn. George Washington expanded the house twice, once in late. 1750 and again in the 1770s. It remained Washington's home for the rest of his life. Following his death in 1799, under the ownership of several successive generations of the family, the estate progressively declined as revenues were insufficient to maintain it adequately. In... 1858, the house's historical importance was recognized and it was saved from ruin by the Mount Vernon Ladies Association. The philanthropic organization acquired it together with part of the Washington property estate. Basically, they took over and saved it. Okay. And then they eventually like restored it as well because, I mean, it was pretty beat up. Yeah. Mount Vernon was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1960, and it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Dang. Which is how I lost. Pretty cool. Took a while to be added, though, surprisingly. Yeah, like (laughs) over 200 years. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is still owned and maintained in the trust by the Mountain Vernon Ladies Association. And is open every day of the year. Allowing the public to see the estate is not an innovation, but part of an over 200-year-old tradition started by George Washington himself. Oh. 
1794, he wrote, I have no objection to any sober or orderly person gratifying their curiosity in viewing the buildings, gardens, etc. About what year was oh. 1974. 1974, Fuck. George Washington said that. No, I have dyslexia. It's 1794. I was also I was waiting for you to say 1794 because I thought you said he died in like 1780. No, he wasn't in 99. Yeah, 1799. He died five years after that. 1999. No, 1799. Goddamn. My bad. Anyways, he basically, I guess, always had an open house. Yeah, he liked to show off. Very braggadocious. This guy. Basically. Um, but yeah, for many decades, there have been many reports by visitors and staff of George Washington's home of supernatural activity. Mm-hmm. Um, even from the Mount Vernon Ladies Association, some of the ladies like actually slept there. Oh, shit. All right, so now I'm just going to read you a bunch of little stories of different, I guess, occasions of... People's experiences. Spooky shit. Some spooky shit. Um, Some of them are short. Some of them are long. So, well, not long, but like, you know, longer. They're all sentences. Yeah, I was like, one of them is like two sentences. One of them is like a little paragraph. But they're all relatively short. Okay. But yeah, so this one was an account reported in the New York World newspaper in 1890. Of course, the most interesting of all the bedrooms is the one belonging to the mortal George and in which he died. In it is the original four-poster bed whereon Washington passed in his last moments. This historic chamber is haunted. Of that, there would seem to be little doubt. Many people within the recent years have slept in it, and they declare that they have been awed by the viewless presence of the nation's first president. They deny earnestly that the notion is based on imagination. Few of these temporary occupants have been able to get any sleep. Obviously, it is one thing to see a ghost and quite another thing to feel one be aware of the nearness of the strange and brooding sight. They all agree that Washington visits his chambers in the night and just watches <laughs> oh fuck no <laughs> my main question is why are y'all sleeping in this dead man's bed when For he died real? in it like it just looks cozy <laughs> i just want to see if it's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably those people they're like nah you captain i'm gonna sleep in it let me sleep in it i want him to stare me down <laughs> He's probably like, why are you in my bed? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my bed. This is another bitch every night. Oh, jeez. Mrs. William Bell and a friend of hers spent the night at Mount Vernon. At their own request, they were permitted to occupy Washington's bedroom. In the middle of the night, they were awakened by the sputtering of their candle. Which is like, you must be a really light sleeper to like... You hear a candle going... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just knew his presence was going to show up. They were like, 
They had lighted one and were burning it in the middle of a basin of water. Very old school. <laughs> Is that to prevent like starting a fire, I'm guessing? I think so. I don't know. That's actually pretty smart. Sounds I thought old. they were just dumbasses and would like leave things <laughs> to a curtain. I guess people still had brains back then. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that came off harsh. I was like, I think I just think of people back then as like not <laughs> stupid. As being dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Michelle. Those are your ancestors. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even care. I know nothing about my family history. I low-key me either, but not by choice. <laughs> oh yeah. I've asked and been told about where my family comes from, and I just always forget. I have no idea. Damn. <laughs> I thought you were about to share some knowledge. Not Scottish or Irish, one of those. Oh, really? I guess. I think. See, I'm not even confident. This wow. One of those, not both. I don't know which <laughs> one. My my last name is French, but apparently we're not that French. I don't see I guess. I don't understand. I mean, if your name is French, you are pretty French, but like, you know what I mean? Like my dad's you're obviously... from Lu- Louisiana, so I'm like, <laughs> is that why it's a French last name? Ooh, the French border? Know. See? I don't know. You got me curious, but I don't know. I know I'll forget again if I ask. I just am not destined to remember where my family is from. I I don't know much about my dad's side of the family. Mm-hmm. I think I think I asked him one time and he said that one of our great grandfathers was actually like a warrior in Guadalajara, Jalisco. Like I guess he was a pretty big warrior. Um, Jesus Christ. Like in the history books, but I don't know his name or anything. Um, so I think my dad's family is obviously from there. And then my grandma, I know she said, I think her parents or her grandparents are from Spain. Oh. Or, may- or maybe it was one of them. I don't remember. Like one of her parents. Or grandparents. Giving off some European vibes right now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, sort of, because my grandma is very fair-skinned and, like, colored eyes. Yeah. But yeah, because her dad was fair I believe, fair-skinned with light eyes. And then her mom was actually, like, super dark and, like, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical, but, like, the typical, like, <laughs> native Mexican. Okay. Yeah, it's very different from Spain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm also scared to learn about my family history. I'm like, I don't want to know if we own slaves, you guys. I don't want to know. Ooh, let's be honest. They probably did. Yeah, it's exactly what I don't need. My dad's from Louisiana. Do you know how scary that is? I, mean, I don't want to know beyond I feel, that. I feel like they did, bro. Let's be they honest. They probably did. I don't want to know. I mean, your, your family might have been Spanish conquistadors. Who they, knows? Yeah, you're right. He was very right. I now we're know. just going down a dark spiral. <laughs> like, I but don't yeah. want to know anything about our history. I do wish I knew more. The about... warrior thing's fucking sick. It is. Like, I, I definitely like would love to know more, especially from my dad's side, because I don't know mm-hmm. shit. I found <laughs> out my great-grandfather's name, which is very unique. What is that? It's Braxedis. I don't know how you say it in English. Oh. No, I mean, I've never heard it in Spanish, at least. Oh, really? It's, it's actually, I've heard that name before. It's not, it's a very unique name, very mm-hmm. uncommon. Praxedes. Pretty cool name. Praxedes. I don't know how you would say it in English. I'm like trying to think. 
Praxitis. Maybe, honestly. I don't know how you spell it, so I'm just guessing. Praxitis. I think it is how you say Praxitis. it. It sounds Praxitis. like a mathematical <laughs> instrument if you say it in English. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely one day would love to like know more about... An Ancestry.com account? Yeah, honestly. I would love to know. Do it. Maybe one day. You'll be like, you're related to Thor, the great warrior. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to the story. Um. Oh yeah, we talked about <laughs> the candle in the water. <laughs> yeah. And I called all people back then stupid. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get attacked for that now, Michelle. Thanks. Who? Why? Okay, you guys. Who? Like, why? I'm just kidding, I'm bro. Gonna, I'm just kidding. I'm going to make it worse, but I'm going to be like, They've all been dead for hundreds of years anyway. I'm not I'm not getting any points here. <laughs> nope, you just dug the hole deeper. Still gotta be respectful, Michelle. I just Yeah, yeah. It's just because they didn't know so much <laughs> shit we know now that I'm like, oh, they knew stuff. It's kind of the same thing, like you see pictures like from back in the day of people smiling and you're like, Oh my god, they used to smile. Because it kind of <laughs> oh, feels like they Oh didn't. my god. <laughs> Wait, do you not think that? No. <laughs> it's all I see is these pictures. People had emotions. Literally me. <laughs> I thought everyone felt that way. I feel you like you, you you picture them as like caveman still. <laughs> Whenever I was reading about Lincoln and it like mentioned that he liked his kids, and I was like, I can't imagine him smiling at children. <laughs> like, he never smiled. His children never smiled. Sheesh. They just sat there wearing their hats looking weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, every person born in the 1800s ghost listening to this. Are they still alive? <laughs> yeah, they're, they, I, I said ghost. Oh, you're They're right. listening sorry. and they're like, oh, millennials. They're going to go haunt you now. Back in my day, women <laughs> used to just churn butter and stay in the outhouse. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. All right, anyways. <laughs> Get back to the story. <laughs> anyways. Fancied they saw a spook, it went out with the noise, and they began to feel alarmed. Mrs. Bell said to her friend, You are on the side of the bed where Washington died. The <laughs> other replied, No, I am not. He died on your side. Stop it. They're, is they arguing about this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, bitch, you guys are both in his bed. <laughs> Finally, they decided that the question was doubtful, and there was no more sleep for them that night. <laughs> they got up, dressed themselves, and sat around until morning, scared by every squeak of the windows, and at one moment, they were sure they heard Washington's sword clank distantly in the corner. Ew. Like, oh, he was going to kill them or something? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I do love that they argued about it. They're like, no, he was on your side. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Next story. So this one's titled, A Woman on the Stairs. That sounds creepy. During a typical day at work in the 1980s, while stationed in the Central Passage, something caught an interpreter's eye. She saw the figure of an unidentified woman dressed in 18th century clothing on the stairs. The figure was carrying a large punch bowl filled with a flower arrangement. The figure disappeared upon reaching the bottom of the staircase. Ew. I'm like, that's creepy, bro the fuck where'd she go <laughs> she's gotta go make a delivery of flowers oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right next one is titled 
an angry gentleman. An interpreter was in the central passage on a particularly crowded day in the spring or summer of 1980. She thought she heard someone in the room behind her, thinking that a visitor had gotten into the area by going under the rope barriers. She entered the little parlor to shoo them out. Much to her surprise, she found an older gentleman sporting a large mustache and dressed in the late 19th or early 20th century clothing, with his sleeves rolled up and secured with garters. When he saw that she, he had her attention, he shouted, What the hell is going on here? A reference, Good. I guess he was a reference to the noise of a school group or groups were making. <laughs> that was actually funny <laughs> the interpreter told them that she was trying to quiet them down and then the man disappeared she yeah. later I was like ah oh, fuck imagine like talking to someone and then they just fucking disappear in the th she was thin air. talking to him being like man this guy's just fucking weird like, oh <laughs> shit <laughs> she later saw a portrait of a gentleman in the question Colonel Harrison Howell Dodge Mount Vernon's director about 50 years until his death in the late 1930s. Damn. I'm like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Imagine that you like come across his portrait. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, dude. That's like a scary movie. Seeing someone <laughs> and then just running into their picture later and like, he died 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that has been in a movie before. Yeah, right? <laughs> like it sounds familiar. Yeah. All right, next story is called A Flurry of Skirts. An interpreter was standing in the central passage. I don't know why they all say that, but it was also in the sometime. I love to stand. I guess. <laughs> um, it was sometime in the 1980s. Okay. She felt something brush past her, coming out of the little parlor. Looking down, all she could see were these feet and bottoms of the skirts of a young girl in 18th century dress running across the central passage. I was like, yo, that's... I already scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just scared all of these. Yeah, I, I would too. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I would quit so fast. <laughs> Every one of these stories. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's see, some of them are like super short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next one is titled, Putting Away His Horse. A head guard said that these events were not a one-time incident, but happened with great regularity. It happened sometime between 1980 and 1990. Well, I guess, well, I guess between the 10-year. <laughs> Quite frequently, an alarm would go off in the stable. Then, in about the time it would take to unsaddle and put up a horse and walk from the stable to the mansion an alarm would go off in the washington bedchamber guards dispatched to check out the situation invariably found nothing out of the ordinary this man's explanation was that the general was coming home made his horse comfortable and then went up to his room <laughs> that was, <laughs> was weird like, damn <laughs> sus extremely the next one is called Clanging Keys. A member of Mount Vernon Security Department recalls unexplainable activities in 2012. 
so way more oh, recent. Oh, very recent. Yeah. My first experience with something that I cannot explain occurred in the mansion during the early years of the candlelight tours. The event took place on the anniversary of General Washington's death around 10.30 p.m. After the house had been cleared, I locked myself in. It was my responsibility to check the alarms for their proper positioning. When I was in the mansion study, I heard a heavy set of keys being walked across the floor in the Washington bedroom directly above. As I approached the back stairs to go up to the Washington bedroom, the sound of the keys abruptly stopped. General Washington was well known for his heavy set of keys and that they could be heard as he walked around through the house. Good. I feel like that's the creepiest one. <laughs> right? I don't know why, but re- hearing that, I was like, leave the house, leave the house, leave the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> Run. <what> the <laughs> Tobias Lear, the general's secure- secretary, is known to have taken the keys from the general's pocket upon his death and turned the keys over to his enslaved manservant, Christopher Shields. This is a good time to mention that George Washington sucked really bad. And, uh... Yeah, he had slaves. Yeah, suck that guy. Uh, this one's titled The Yellow Room. Okay. A 2006 supervisor from the History Interpretation Department recalls her first encounter. My first encounter with a ghost occurred in the Yellow Room of the Mount Vernon Mansion in 2006. I was a supervisor in the History Interpretation Department. Supervisors clear and lock the mansion after checking and rechecking for assurance that no one has been left in the mansion after hours. After letting the last interpreter out of the study door, I walked up the back stairs, past the Washington's bedchamber, and into the yellow room. I suddenly felt myself being pushed, feeling the pressure of someone's hands on the back of my shoulders. I turned to look and no one was there. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it was obvious I wasn't wanting and wanted in the yellow bedchamber. This happened several more times, and I decided I would not go back upstairs alone. It took several times to getting pushed by a ghost. Be like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess um, I won't do Maybe it anymore. What and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I invited another interpreter to stay with me and travel the back stairs to the yellow room. Nothing happened. The next time when I was alone, I was once again pushed to the room. To keep this from being disturbed, I felt it was best that I not use the back stairs, but to remove my shoes and cross to the downstairs bedchamber to the central passage and lock the door for the evening. (laughs) (laughs) She just stopped doing it. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the next one is called A Ghost at the Tomb. An interpreter from 2006 explained what happened to her at George Washington's tomb. Oh, also, I guess I could mention that they had a tomb built for him on the property. Uh, <laughs> wait, I was already didn't want to stay the night here, but <laughs> definitely not now. The first time I experienced this ghost was Easter morning in 2006 when I was scheduled to open Washington's tomb. It was early and very quiet, and there was no one around. The guests had not made their way way from the mansion. 
I stood in front of the open door and I saw an ectoplasm in the far right corner of the tomb. When I moved, the ectoplasm moved. I watched as it became a blur in my vision and it continued to move around. I took a photo that showed a streak of light through the blur. The second photo showed the blur. As soon as voices of the guests coming down the hill could be heard, the ectoplasm disappeared. This happened on three different occasions. The fuck? <laughs> Jesus. And they still be doing it alone. Every story that you said about a boy, and I'm like, quit your job. Don't maybe, work there. Maybe they did. After the maybe third they really time. Need the money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one is titled A Woman from the Civil War. A member of Mount Vernon's youth program's team recounts her experience. Experience. <laughs> experience. I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, my office was located in the Teacher Resource Center of the Education Center, which is now B. Washington. All right. <laughs> I don't care. That doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Yeah. It was after hours and the staff had left. I gathered my coat and bag and set them on the table facing my desk. As I turned to put on my coat, I saw a female figure standing in the door of my office. She was dressed in clothing from the Civil War period, and she was totally gray. Her complete body and clothing were gray. She stood in the doorway looking straight ahead without moving. Her stare was very stern. It happened quickly, and then she was gone. There is no doubt in my mind that Anne Pamela Cunningham, the founder of Mount Vernon Ladies Association, had been in the room. Ew. <laughs> I stayed for a while, sitting quietly as I listened to the noises of the cabinet doors opening and closing and hands-on history, but when I looked to see who was there, the room was empty. Of course it was. <laughs> Creepy. Next one is titled, Wandering in the Night. One night in 2010, a couple of security officers were driving around the Va Mount Vernon grounds very late at night. They saw a little girl on the path ahead of them, so they stopped suddenly. Then the girl appeared right next to them. They quickly sprung around and drove away as fast as they could. <laughs> that one's actually funny. <laughs> I, I would too. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? Fuck this. <laughs> fuck that shit on I'm out. All right, last one. Okay. It is titled A Candle in the Night. I woke up to the candle sputtering. <laughs> <laughs> A character interpreter tells what she experienced inside the mansion in 2017. Ah, super fucking recent. Yeah. I've worked at Mount Vernon on and off since 2004. I most recently returned in January 2017. The estate was abuzz with the latest spooky story. On December 15, 2016, some strange sounds were heard coming from the third floor and there had been reports of the temperature dropping by 20 degrees. Fuck. That's a lot. That's significant. Yeah, <laughs> When the tale was shared with me, I was determined to see if it would happen again. <laughs> Spooky shitter. <laughs> 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 
On December 14th, the anniversary of the general's death, I was on the third floor waiting for some haunting, but nothing happened. However, when I returned the next night, the vibe in the area had changed. Upon looking into the southwest bedchamber, I noticed an electric candle was on. That's strange, I thought. It was dark last night. Had collections come in and turned it on? Not likely. The third floor isn't open to the public. Then it hit me. George Washington died on December 14th, 1799. And then the next day, Martha Washington shut up the bedroom they shared. And then she moved to the southwest bedchamber. Apparently, she is still marking that sad day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? Why isn't this a real flame? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's the hauntings at Mount Vernon. Damn. I'd be interested in seeing it, but um, certainly not <laughs> sleeping in his fucking bed because I'm not insane. During the day? Yeah, during the day, maybe. Um, Even then, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah. I did want to say one more thing that's not super related, but I thought was like crazy. Mm-hmm. I guess, supposedly, George Washington himself was haunted by ghost children. Uh uh-huh, cool. And there's even, I guess, a bunch of memes of it. And I was like, I don't know if it's real or not, but that's kind of funny. That's what he gets for keeping in sleep people on his property. <laughs> True. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, there wasn't too much information on that. Like, it could just be, like, fake. A but meme. <laughs> Yeah, but there, I guess there's, like, a lot of memes about it. So It I is just... funny to imagine a bunch of ghost children just following <laughs> him around. Right? <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to share that little piece. I want to share a little something, too, that's not as relevant. But speaking, I have no right to judge people back then for being dumb. When I was a (laughs) child and George Bush was president, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe the president's related to George Washington, the first president, because both their names were George. So I assumed they must have been related. I thought that's how it worked. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And that's what I'll always think of with George Washington. I'm like, oh, yeah. George W. Bush's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So this week, like I said, I'm going to be talking about the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Well, Lincoln is obviously most well known for being the 16th president of the U.S., the one who wore the tall hat, was assassinated, and most importantly, abolished slavery. I will be mostly talking about his personal life and his death more than his actual presidency, as I feel like. A lot of people probably already know a decent amount about it. So I think you'll be more surprised about stuff in his personal life. But also I did want to share that even though he like abolished slavery, he still, based on what I read, did not believe in like equal rights or anything. Just wanted to share that. He wasn't mm. that great. He was good for his time. But right now he'd be not great. <laughs> Interesting. So, Abraham Lincoln was born on February 12, 1809, to parents Thomas and Nancy. He was the second of three children of the couple, the first being Sarah, who was born in 1807, and last born was Thomas, who was born in 1812, but unfortunately died at just a few months old. The death of his younger brother was not the only tragedy that struck Lincoln in his early life. In 1818, at the age of nine, Lincoln's mother, Nancy, died from milk sickness, leaving the family without a matriarch. Damn. Yeah. What's milk sickness? 
Oh, I will let you know in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> she uh, drank too much milk. <laughs> she drank too much milk. She overdosed on the milk. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. I'll just explain it right now before. Yeah, and yeah. I'll say my okay. other sentence later. Sorry. No, it's it was like two senses away. Because I literally thought I couldn't trust the article that I read it in. Because I was like, milk sickness? Like, are you memeing me right now? What the fuck are you talking about? It's a it's a real thing. So milk sickness is a kind of poisoning that can cause trembling, vomiting, and severe intestinal pain in individuals who have ingested milk, meat, or other products from an animal that consumed white snake root plant, which contains poison. Huh. So it's like super duper rare today. Uh, the sickness was not that uncommon, though, back in the 1800s, and supposedly it claimed thousands of lives of migrants in the Midwest who, like, moved out there and were unfamiliar with the plant and didn't realize how toxic it could be. Mm. So it was also, like, extra difficult to prevent it because calves who consumed the milk via nursing from, like, their parents or lambs or whatever because it was in multiple animals, they could have died. But the animals that consumed the poisons themselves showed no signs of it. So you could be like, oh, it's a perfectly healthy cow. Drink its milk. Fucking die. <laughs> That's scary. I know. That's why they should have been drinking almond milk. Milk your own almonds in the morning. It's better. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck they make almond milk. I was going to say, I feel like that's a long process. <laughs> no, you just grab the almond. You grab its almond teats. <laughs> you just tug on it a little until it's the milk comes out. <laughs> that would actually be disgusting. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Or you anyway, just throw them in the blender, mix yeah. it with some water, and there you go. <laughs> That's actually probably more like it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, once Nancy died, eleven-year-old Sarah became responsible for keeping the house in order. Uh, she also became responsible for like taking care of her dad, her little brother, and their 19-year-old orphan cousin who also lived with them. Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah. I'm like, bro, the dad really couldn't have taken responsibility so much so that he was like, 11-year-old, you're in charge. That's fucked. Bro. Yeah, just make them food. Come on. In 1819, Thomas Lincoln remarried to a widow named Sarah who had three children of her own. Lincoln eventually grew very close to his stepmom, who was known as having a great sense of humor, and he even began to call her mother eventually. Ten years after the death of Nancy Lincoln in 1828, Lincoln's 20-year-old sister Sarah died while giving birth to his stillborn son. Aw. Yeah. Both of them died. Like, That's fucked up. sucks. Lincoln was devastated by the death of his older sister, who helped take care of him while growing up, and it said that when he heard the news, he buried his face in his hands and his body shook with sobs. Hmm. After growing up and eventually heading out to Illinois on his own, Lincoln met and began a relationship with a woman named Anne Rutledge. Though they were never formally engaged, she was considered by some to be Lincoln's first love, that is, until she passed away at the age of 22 in 1835, likely of typhoid fever. Sheesh. One historian wrote that available evidence overwhelmingly indicates that Lincoln so loved Anne that her death plunged him into the severe depression. Following a second relationship that ended, though this time thankfully it was fucking mutual and not because of death, Lincoln did eventually marry in 1842 to Mary Todd Lincoln. Her last name was not Lincoln before. She changed her <laughs> name so it had Lincoln. <laughs> it should have specified this is not an incestuous thing. I hope not. Yeah, no. 
but I wouldn't be surprised. I was like, mm, they probably were like second cousins and we just didn't realize. <laughs> the couple had actually gotten engaged in 1840 and had a wedding planned for January 1st of 1841, but this was called off at Lincoln's request for unknown reasons. Hmm. But they eventually reconciled and married in November of 1842. So there's like some on again, off again shit that seemed to be happening. Some drama. <laughs> yeah. It was rumored, though, that whenever they were, like, in that period in between, that they were dating in secret for, like, a year. So, I don't know what the fuck that was about. Hmm. Reportedly, while anxiously preparing for the wedding, Lincoln was asked where he was going and replied, To hell, I suppose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Same thing I said. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Despite this, based on what I read, it does seem that the couple were in love, and he was known as being an affectionate husband. So maybe he was just being a dick because he had cold feet. I don't know. The pair eventually went on to have four sons. Robert, born in 1842. Edward, born in 1846. William, born in 1850. And Thomas, born in 1853. Their only son to survive into adulthood was Robert, though. Damn. Yeah, the mortality rate back then was fucking nutty, dude. So, Edward, nicknamed Eddie, died in early 1850, likely from tuberculosis. William, whom they called Willie, died at the age of 11 in February of 1862 from a fever. And Thomas, who was known as Tad, did go on to outlive his father, but he still died young in 1871 at the age of 18 from heart failure. Oh, wow. Lincoln is remembered as being remarkably fond of his children and not at all strict with them, a fact that annoyed some around him who grew tired of his children's antics while they were supposed to be working. The deaths of Eddie and Willie had a huge effect on Abraham and Mary. Lincoln himself was diagnosed as suffering from melancholy, which is now known to literally be clinical depression. It's known that while Lincoln was alive, he was very interested in dreams and the meanings behind them. Once in an 1863 letter to his wife, who was in Philadelphia with her 12-year-old son, Tad, at the time, Lincoln wrote that he had an ugly dream about their son and advised that Mary should put Tad's pistol away. Oh. Yeah, I think that's fucking ew. <laughs> well, this isn't, like, too unusual to have, like, intense dreams and, like, wonder what they were about. There were a couple of occasions where it's believed he may have dreamt of his own death. Oh. So Lincoln's friend and sometimes bodyguard, Ward Lamont, claims that Lincoln had told him about a strange dream he had had not long before his death in 1865. According to him, Lincoln told him, and this is a quote, About ten days ago, I retired very late. I had been up waiting for important dispatches from the front. I could not have been in bed long when I fell into a slumber, for I was very wary. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me. Then I heard subdued sobs as if a number of people were weeping. I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. There the silence was broken by the same pitiful sobbing, but the mourners were invisible. I went from room to room. No living person was in sight, but the same mournful sounds of distress met me as I passed along. It was light in all the rooms. Every object was familiar to me. But where were all the people who were grieving as if their hearts would break? I was puzzled and alarmed. What could be the meaning of all this? Determined to find the cause of a state of the thing so mysterious and so shocking, I kept on until I arrived at the East Room, which I entered. There I met with a sickening surprise. Before me was a catafalque, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, on which rested a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. 
Around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as guards, and there was a throng of people, some gazing mournfully upon the corpse, whose face was covered, others weeping pitifully. Who is dead in the White House? I demanded of one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. Then came a loud burst of grief in the crowd, which awoke me from my dream. Oh. While this seems extremely fucking ominous to me, reportedly Lincoln insisted to his friend that the body in the dream was not his own, but someone else's. Well, you were trying to convince yourself. It was yours. (laughs) Yeah. Some historians have their doubts about any of the story, as Ward didn't publish this account until nearly 20 years after Lincoln was killed, though he himself claimed that he had written these notes of the incident as nearly in his own words as I can from notes which I made immediately after his recital. Good thing people stayed taking notes back then, bro. (laughs) (laughs) For real. In another incident, the morning of the assassination, Lincoln supposedly told some members of his cabinet that he had had a dream where he was sailing across an unknown body of water at great speed. A recurring dream that he'd previously had before nearly every great and important event of the war. Aside from dreams, there was at least one occasion when Lincoln may have had a premonition of his early demise while awake. So, according to the story, soon after his election in 1860, Lincoln was in his home in Springfield, Illinois, looking in the mirror when he either saw or imagined seeing his face reflecting back at him twice. The first reflection appeared to be his real, regular, alive face, but the second was a lifeless, pale imitation. This, like, startled Lincoln so much that he had to go and take a walk afterwards to calm down. He later told his very superstitious wife, Mary, about what had happened, and she was super, super concerned. And she thought that that meant the first image he'd seen of himself meant he would carry out the first term of his presidency, but the second indicated that he would be reelected for a second term, but would not live to complete it. Swear to God, if my wife told me that shit, I'd be like, why would you tell me? Why wouldn't you keep this to yourself? Really? Ay, ay, ay. On April 14th, 1865, Lincoln was attending the play Our American Cousin with his wife, Mary, at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C., At 10.15 p.m., actor and Confederate spy John Wilkes Booth approached Lincoln in his theater box and shot him in the back of the head. One of the guests with the Lincolns attempted to grab Booth after the shooting but was stabbed in the process, allowing for the shooter to escape, though he was eventually caught later on. Lincoln remained in a coma for several hours before eventually dying at 7.22 in the morning on April 15, 1865. He was 56 years old. Since his assassination, Lincoln's presence has been felt and even seen by many people, including in a well-known photograph literally named The Ghost of Abraham Lincoln. This is actually what got me really interested in this story, was seeing this picture. So, around 1872, Lincoln's widow Mary went to sit for a spear photographer named William Mumler. So as a spear photographer, Mumler would take photos of living people, and after developing them, it'd be revealed that there was like a spirit of a loved one imprinted on the image. There were many critics of this practice and claimed that he was preying on grieving people who had lost loved ones in the Civil War, and he eventually actually had to go to court in 1869 for charges of fraud, but he was acquitted as there was no proof that he was faking the images, and obviously he kept taking pictures because this is before he even saw Mary. The famous image of the Lincoln shows Mary sitting and smiling with the ghostly figure of her deceased husband standing behind her with his hands on her shoulders and looking down. And here, I'm going to show you the picture. Oh, wow. 
that's, <laughs> that's a ghost. That's creepy as fuck. I'm going to put this on Instagram and Twitter, so don't worry, everyone. What the fuck? <laughs> so this photo was widely circulated, though, like, of course, many believed it to be fake. Mumler claimed that he hadn't even known that the sitter was the widow of Lincoln until after the photo had been developed, but others said that he and his wife, who was a medium, knew who Mary was, had faked the image, and encouraged Mary to identify her husband in it afterwards. Hmm. Interestingly, the photo's actually since been confirmed as being a hoax, but nobody knows the exact way that it was made. And they think it just had something to do with, like, using double exposure. I thought that was interesting. That they're like, no, it's confirmed fake, but we don't know how. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Much like other ghosts we've spoken about, Lincoln's spirit wasn't exclusively felt at the place of his death. In fact, one of the women who was president at Ford's theater during the assassination randomly claimed that Lincoln haunted her home all the way over in New York. And there also claims that he haunted his grave and his home in Illinois, and that his spirit was responsible for a phantom train on nights in April along the same path that his funeral train followed from D.C. to Illinois. His ghosts are just fucking all over the place. <laughs> but by far, the most common place for Lincoln's spirit to appear is in the White House. Which, if you guys didn't know, the White House is haunted. His is not the only ghost there, I found out. Yeah, I found that out, too. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that sometime and talk about the other ones. I was like, wow. <laughs> well, Eleanor Roosevelt, who was the first lady from 1833 to 1845, never claimed to have actually seen Lincoln's ghost. She did say that she felt his presence around her on multiple occasions. She also noted that the Roosevelt family dog would send his bark for no reason, and she believed that it was barking at Lincoln's ghost. James Haggerty and Liz Carpenter press secretaries for Dwight Eisenhower and First Lady Lady Bird Johnson, respectively, each said that they had felt Lincoln's presence many times. First Lady Johnson herself once felt it while watching a TV program about his death, and she noted that she felt a strange coldness and a sense of unease. First Lady Grace Coolidge was the first to claim to see the actual physical ghost of Abraham Lincoln, which she said was standing at a window in the yellow oval room and staring out of it. The Lincoln bedroom is a specific room where there have been lots of reported paranormal activities. Interestingly, though, those named Lincoln bedroom, he never slept in this room. He actually just used it as a personal office, and it was only later turned into a bedroom. <laughs> so footsteps are frequently heard in the hall outside this bedroom when no one's there. First Lady Roosevelt actually used this room as her own office, and she often felt that she could feel Lincoln standing behind her, peering over her shoulder at her work. Oh, creepy. <laughs> Uh, Margaret, daughter of Harry Truman, claimed to hear someone knocking on the door while she was staying in the room, and she believes it was the ghost of Lincoln. Her father had this same experience himself when he was sleeping in the room and is woken up by knocks on the door. I did want to share, for a millisecond, I was tripping while researching, because they said they woke up to rapping at the door. Because, you know, like, if you uh, knock on something quickly, it's rapping, and yeah. I was just imagining Abraham Lincoln just, like, rapping something <laughs> else <laughs> I was like, I know this isn't right, but that's still great to imagine. <laughs> that reminds me of like uh, epic rag battles. Did you ever see that? <laughs> no. no? Were they do, like dress up as historical figures? Yes. <laughs> Look it up. Is, epic rap. I think that's what's called. Imagining. It's epic rap battles, and like I remember, I, I actually remember Lincoln rapping. No, there's <laughs> dead ass a video, and it was Abe Lincoln versus somebody, and they just like rap. Epic rap battles of history. 
yep, I shall watch this after. That's exactly what I was imagining. Like, he's a big Meg the Stallion fan. <laughs> Several different witnesses claim to have seen a shadowy figure resembling Lincoln lying down in the bed in the room, and others say they saw him sitting on the edge of the bed putting his boots on. One of the eyewitnesses to this particular paranormal incident was Mary Eben, Eleanor Roosevelt's secretary, who ran screaming from the room after seeing Lincoln's figure pulling on his boots. <laughs> Same, Mary. Same. <laughs> Finally, someone's doing the <laughs> correct someone's thing to do when there's a ghost. Yes. Theodore Roosevelt, Maureen Reagan, daughter of President Reagan, and her husband all at one point claimed to see the ghost of Lincoln in the White House, as well as several staff members during Roosevelt's administration. One story tells of Roosevelt's personal valet also running, screaming from the White House after seeing the ghost. <laughs> These two are my favorite. <laughs> Speaking of favorite, and my fucking favorite ghost story possibly ever, not even this one, Winston Churchill had been visiting the White House when he had a ghostly encounter, and I'm going to quote this story exactly how I found it because I think it's, it's just perfect as is. All right. British Prime Minister Winston Churchill loved to retire late, take a long hot bath while drinking a scotch, and smoke a cigar and relax. There's an account that on this occasion, he climbed out of the bath and naked but for a cigar walked into the adjoining bedroom. He was startled to see Lincoln standing by the fireplace in the room, leaning on the mantel. Churchill, always quick on the uptake, simply took his cigar out of his mouth, tapped the ash off the end of his cigar, and said, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. Lincoln smiled softly as if laughing and disappeared. Churchill smiled in embarrassment. <laughs> what? The fuck? <laughs> Apparently, Churchill would, like, tell people this story. <laughs> it's, it's I just, I love funny. it. Yeah. I know. In 1942, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands had been staying at the White House when she heard footsteps outside of her bedroom door and a knock. Thinking it could be something important, she went and answered the door, and she was so shocked to see Abraham Lincoln there standing in a frock coat and a top hat that she literally fainted in her doorway. Whoa. <laughs> the most recent reported ghost sighting of Lincoln was in the early 1980s when the White House operations foreman at the time came into the White House and saw him sitting in a chair at the top of some stairs. Uh, weirdly enough, Abraham Lincoln is not the only member of his family to haunt the White House. It was claimed as early as the 1870s that his little boy, Willie, who, if you remember, died when he was 11, could be seen by several staff workers around the building. President Lyndon B. Johnson's college-age daughter even claimed to have seen the ghost and held conversations with him. Oh, okay. This wasn't like a child. She was college-age. Just randomly talking to a ghost? Yeah, no. This ghost was seen as recently as the 1960s. If Lincoln's spirit is indeed haunting the areas in which he frequented in life, it's theorized by psychics that it was either because he wanted to be on hand in times of crisis or that he simply wanted to complete the difficult work that his death had left unfinished. But yeah, that is my story on Abraham Lincoln's ghost. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I was surprised at how much there was. Yeah. Both of ours, there was a lot of stories. So it might be true. <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to add before we end the episode nope okay well thank you all for listening as always and if you want to email us any of your own stories or any suggestions you can at the spooky shit.pod at gmail.com our tour and instagram are spooky shit underscore pod and our website is spooky shit dash pod.com yeah again thank you for listening 
appreciate it as always. And yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.